This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, so we're an hour and 20 or so minutes. Uh, this will be the Civilized Barking Post Game Podcast, our live room. We do almost, after almost every game, uh, they're all interesting, Jason. They're all unpredictable to an extent, right? This is the NFL and this is the Cleveland Browns. But this one's up there. And we'll go over um, superhuman feats by Miles Garrett and Gardner Minshew. We'll go over, um, you know, overall health situations and looming disasters and crazy bounces. But I want to start with 12 plays, 80 yards for PJ, MF, and Walker. And I am going to cuss later in this uh, this podcast, guys, because I'm going to quote Wyatt Teller and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, so you know. But um, I didn't think that they were going to do it. You didn't think that they were going to do it. Uh, I do remember when they got to midfield telling you I thought there was a chance. But for it to go the way it went and to go to fourth down and then give it to Kareem Hunt and say and to do it, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I, I need one, and I think all our listeners do too. Well, first of all, there's a bed at midfield. Do you see this? There is a bed at midfield. <laughs> Apparently someone needs to lay down after this game because I don't know what they're doing out here on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, but there is legit a queen-sized bed on the Colts logo at midfield. But anyway, I mean, if you want to talk about that drive, you can't talk about that drive without two incredibly questionable calls that went in the Browns' favor after an incredibly questionable call that went in their favor last week. Like, the Browns have been getting screwed on calls for 30 years, it seems like, and then They've come to collect these last couple of weeks because the illegal contact call on Amari Cooper was questionable at best. And you and I looked at each other on the pass interference call in the end zone and thought, how do you call that? PJ Walker threw that yard 10 balls out of 10 yards out of bounds and they gave him the pass interference anyway, or else this game ended completely differently. Uh, PJ Walker, I don't know how this dude has won the last two weeks. He was 0 for 5 on the touchdown drive last week and he was what, like 3 for 8 on the touchdown drive on the final drive today, I think. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers again. Put it together, three for 13 on game-winning drives, and the Browns won both games. Nothing about this makes sense. I tweeted at one point, they had 72 passing yards and 30 points. I don't know how – I don't know you could do that in the NFL, how you can have 72 passing yards and 30 points midway through the third quarter. Nothing about this game is logical. Right. So the reason that they're throwing – on the first three plays, there's there's a couple of reasons. The main one being they don't have any timeouts. So if they mm-hmm. run up, guys are laying on top of you. Something something crazy happened. You know, then you're in a total panic, right? And and you, the last thing you want to be is fourth down at your own two yard line with two seconds left, something like right. that, or, or sprinting up. Um, you know, and then they it's a it's an incredibly well designed shovel pass that hits Njoku in the face mask, right? You're, you're playing with a quarterback who hasn't ever played or practiced with these guys outside of like four times and didn't this week, except for Wednesday. And Wednesday you go through, um, you don't go through your situational stuff, right? You're, you're running the basics of installing the game plan and getting the timing and, and, and all of that, right? So um, they, Wyatt Teller's over there yelling, run the way. he tells me he runs over to the sideline and looks at Stefanski and says, let's run this bitch. And they say, "Why we don't have any timeouts?" And he says, "Okay, don't fucking listen to me. Let's go." <laughs> so, we uh, we all know the risk of throwing there, even though you know by by logic it's the right thing. Is that PJ Walker is five foot seven and doesn't ever practice with these guys, and it's trouble, and the game could end that way. 
So they go three incompletions, all wildly different. And he, what was it, first down where Harrison Bryant's seeing a wide open and he just doesn't see him? Yep, yep, yep. Shovel pass was second down. So they go on fourth and it's time. And Kareem Hunt is not the same guy he once was, uh, is playing his way back into shape, is a heck of a story on many levels, and almost didn't play because of thigh injury. It went to this morning, the decision on whether he was going to play, to the point that they signed a running back to the active roster just in case, instead of a situation that would have allowed them to have an emergency quarterback for this game. But on fourth and one, he gets the yard. He was not going to be denied. Teller pulls around. He's in there. Guys are pushing. And he did lunge it out, but there was no doubt he got it in there. Uh, he was he was at the line before he lunged it out, and they win the game. And I'm standing here looking at it, 39-38, Jason. I, I didn't really know what the score was <laughs> because there was just so many bizarre things that happened. And it was Miles Garrett's Mona Lisa. Uh, Denzel Ward is playing like the best corner in the league. And then he gave everybody a scare to get checked for a concussion because we know his history and we know his importance to this Browns team. Um, if Denzel misses two games somewhere along the way for a bad hammy or a bad ankle, that's fine. If he gets another concussion, it's trouble. Right. Yep. And um, look, the, these are dudes, Denzel and Miles, leading the way that are talented, that we've seen it. You know, obviously they played roles in 2020 in the bizarre season where they, they had the success and then came up short. Um, but we're seeing it consistently. And a consistent Miles Garrett absolutely disrupts every part of the opposing operation from fucking Monday until Sunday at 4.15. And we saw it today. And it's it's I can't wait till tomorrow or Tuesday to go back and just watch and watch Miles Garrett. I asked him in the locker room before I got to the podium about the play. I said, I've never seen a human your size jump over other humans. And he said it was something they picked up on film that Indy was slow to, to rise basically. And he knew he, he thought he was in there. He thought he could get it. He obviously got it. And then after that, they were much more aware of him and where he was. And he said they were calling it out. Uh, and, and obviously they were getting to their spots a little much quicker on the snap after that. Um, on special teams, but yeah, that's, that was the game of miles life as far as I'm concerned at this point. And it, it took a superhuman effort to win a game when you got the type of offensive play and quarterback play that they got. It's, it's really remarkable that they've won this game. And I mean, say what you want, but a team that for 25 years found ways to lose games this year is gutting out wins and figuring out how to win games that really they have no business winning. They had no business beating San Francisco last week with P.J. Walker as your starting quarterback, and they found a way to do it. And then to come in here today, lose your starting quarterback, you know, early into the game as they were, and we'll get to Deshaun. He looked horrible. And the time he was out there, he looked awful. And I have no idea what you do now and where you go from here. But when you're playing on the road, and, and the Colts aren't a terrible team. They went into Baltimore and beat Baltimore. Like, this is not a bad team. They're not elite, but they're not the dredges of the NFL. And to come in here and win this game on the road, it's remarkable to fi- to watch the Browns find a way to win games that otherwise they, they've lost for years and years and years. Yeah, so uh, let's go big picture because I'm scrolling the chat while you're talking and I see Robert C. say, was it Zach who joked trade for Brissett? It's not a joke. Um, it's 100% no, serious. P.J. Walker is not tomorrow. an NFL quarterback, guys. Yeah. P.J. Walker is not an NFL quarterback. And Kevin Stefanski just called Deshaun their franchise quarterback. And by paycheck and by what's happened, he's their franchise quarterback. He is not a franchise quarterback. He is injured. He is ineffective. He is clearly not on the same page with the organization. Right? Um, this defense can drag you to the playoffs. 
and in the defense today, even though it finally got gashed, uh, still won the game for you, right? But Jacoby Brissett, given the situation, would know the offense, know the team, and could come in and give you the kind of professional, conservative, um, very how it's supposed to look from Monday to Sunday huddle to fourth quarter adjustments, the way coaches like it, and would give you a chance. So it's not a joke. We're not saying it's going to happen, um, but I can't imagine of all the options that there would be a better one, given that he knows the offense. Uh, it would only cost them around $2 million on the cap, which is a big deal because of what Watson makes the next few years. Every, everybody knows that, even if you don't know um, past salary cap 101. And I think they have to do it because you're not going to win games. You've won games with P.J. Walker, but by miracle, right? They, they clearly will not want – they clearly want no part of DTR being in there. Um, guys are dropping. There, it's still a, a pass game. And, and this is what happens when you don't have any reps or opportunities. It, it's hard to, to take your offense to, to any kind of next level. But we're not joking when we say that because this team needs upgrades at all of the skill positions. Tight end is not going to happen. Um, so, But the other three offensive skill positions, this team needs upgrades. It needs to deal with the emergency that it's in because at 4-2, and two, they're positioned to be a playoff team. With this defense and with the resources that have been put in this roster, they're positioned to be a playoff team. They have to be a playoff team. So we're not joking. Um, and again, I, I want to think it through and look, but but Jason, I I, I think that that's, that needs to be at the top of the discussion that happens on the plane. Uh, and here's, this is why it's low-key brilliant, because it, it, you, you signed Josh Dobbs to be the backup, and then DTR fooled you into thinking he was ready, so you moved Dobbs for a fifth. And he was going to cost you one and a half on the cap. So you can move, you can get now Washington has to play ball on this and who knows yeah. whether or not they'd be willing to move them or not. Let's, but for the we, sake of the argument, let's say, we're, 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 we're talking steps one through three. We know this is a 10 step process to actually. Right. Right. Yes. But let, let's say Washington says, okay, well, you're going to get them for about what you gave up or, or what you got in, in, in exchange for Dobbs. So whether it's a five or four, whatever, basically whatever you got in exchange for Dobbs is what you would give Washington. And he would cost you right around what you were going to pay Dobbs anyway. And Jacoby is a much better quarterback than, than Dobbs, PJ, DTR, any of these guys that we're talking about. Now, he's not the answer. He's not a franchise guy, obviously, but he knows the system. You can plug him in right away. And, he, and the whole reason you lost him in the first place was because of money. It was because Washington can pay him a lot more than you could. But if you can get him back for about the same amount of money, that you were going to carry on Dobbs anyway, and you're going to give up the draft, the, the trade capital that you got in exchange for Dobbs. It makes too much sense not to do, as far as I'm concerned, because you can't count on Deshaun right now. The guy standing at the podium that we saw after the game does not look like a guy who's going to be ready to play next week. And just it, with as tightly bunched as everything is in the AFC, with this with this neck and neck as this division is, every game matters. And I don't know. First of all, I don't know how you're going to get through practice this week. I don't know how you're going to divide the reps. You know, I don't know how you're going to get one, two quarterbacks ready, one quarterback ready. I don't, I don't know how you approach this because you just can't count on Deshaun right now. And and he's hurt. Like, you know, he's injured. So I'm, it's not a knock on him, but it is what it is right now. And you've got to have someone who can take you to Seattle and be capable of winning a game. And I have no faith that P.J. Walker can go to Seattle and win that game. Okay. Yeah. So all well said, um, they don't need to win next week, which is the luxury of this, this miracle here in Indy. Right. Um, they, they don't need, they don't, they, they flat out don't need to. It's an NFC game. It's a road game. 
it's one that if you're a rational fan, you looked at the beginning of the schedule and it's one of the few that you said, we're probably not going to win this one, right? That doesn't mean you wave the white flag or whatever, but you have to look at the rest of November being winnable um, outside of probably at Baltimore. And, you know, if you could steal one uh, or, you know, one of the win both, I guess you're still technically alive in the division race, but you're talking about state. We're talking about stabilizing things here. And, the quick retort is, why would Washington do it? Well, of course, it takes two to tango, and there's steps to all this. But why wouldn't Washington do it? He's not their starter. Right. They're three and four and going nowhere. There's a new owner there. They're not going anywhere. Like, their best-case scenario is finishing third in their division and stealing a wild-card spot. Their, their realistic best-case scenario is just Sam Howell playing well and John Dotson playing well. They're all on the future. So why wouldn't they do it? Now, Quarterback is valuable, and the Browns, you know, really made a mistake that they should and do regret in, in giving away Josh Dobbs. But why wouldn't Jacoby Brissett be available? So, um, look, you have a one-man passing game with Amari Cooper. And, and, you know, Peoples Jones and Elijah Moore made huge plays. I get it. But you have a run game that just lost its feature back. Um, so I want to give Andrew Betty, Barry and his staff credit because Pierre Strong helped the Browns win the game today. Mm-hmm. Pierre Strong, even before those runs, he made an incredible punt coverage play. Like he's a football player, he was available. The Browns went and got him, and now here he is. Right? Uh, they have made some gaffes. They've made some mistakes. But where the Browns are, guys, is all in. And so I see the tweets that say they should give up on Watson. It's over. That's impossible. That's reality. The the reality is his cap numbers for next year, for the year after that, and the year after that are sixty four million dollars. The money is fully guaranteed. Only ahead of the last year, which is two and a half years from now, would you have any opportunity to move that contract. So while you work on getting him healthy, and while you try to salvage and hope that he could go out there and be an NFL quarterback, and not a guy that just throws it to the other team, you need to look at stabilizing things here. And that's why we're talking about it. So we won't go on from here because it is a tense, but it has to be at the front. Jason, they have these things. Every Sunday night and Monday anyway, based on who's hurt, who's available, what did we really get blindsided by, what's going on. But this week they have to look because this is a team that's in playoff contention in reality. It's a team that's in playoff contention in concept. Yeah. It's a team that's been really, really fortunate and needs to look at some reinforcements or it's going to spiral the wrong way quickly. The dead cap hit next year is $200 million. That's higher than the cap. There is no getting out of this. He is your quarterback. This year, yeah, you're right. This year, next year, and the year after. Yes. 2027 is the absolute earliest when you can even think about trying to do something. And we're not, we're, I don't think anyone right now is advocating for that. We're just saying he's hurt right now and you have to do something because I've always been of the belief up until now of like, there is no point in getting another quarterback. It's Deshaun or bust. If Deshaun goes down, you're screwed period. But right mm-hmm. now you're in this gray area. It's not, it would be different if it was a season ending injury and you knew you had clarity on it and you knew if he was in or out. But right now, you just don't know. The, the, nobody know. Nobody can tell you right now if he's going to play next week or the week after. Nobody knows. And that's what it's almost it's more difficult to, to not know. And because, again, how, who, who's going to take the snaps this week in, in practice? A quarterback. Who are you getting ready? I don't know. I mean, right, two pitches from a guy who's never cost mask. That ball pops up in the air. I mean, the Colts had two interceptions over diving interceptions off deflections overturned today. They were called picks on the field. Yeah. They're both right calls, but that's that's the margin here, guys. 
The Browns were extremely fortunate. They should not apologize for that. It is a bottom line when you are what your record says you are, and but you have to adapt yep. to the circumstances. And so the Browns had a part-time running back in Kareem Hunt and a nice young player in Pierre Strong. They, they need help at running back. They need help at quarterback. And what you do at receiver, I don't know. Um, now let's get back to the reality. One more thing here because I've, I've heard it on Bad Cleveland Sports Radio and I see it now in the chat. Devontae Adams, because of the cap situation, he's not gettable. But there are other guys that are gettable. And Jacoby Brissett, knowing here and only costing you the prorated version of $3 million, um, you know, with a, essentially $2 million with a, with kind of a third of the season gone, maybe a little more than that, um, it's, it's doable. It's an option because this team has to come to practice and get better. That's the only way the offense is going to go. And it is super alarming that Watson was a mess. So, yes, four and two is great. And the guts they showed, and Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones making big plays on that, that can all be jumping off point. Just like last week's win can be a jumping off point. You know, the defense got punched back six times today and, and still won. So there's a lot of good things going on. I, I have never seen, Jason, outside of Division Five high school football, a defense that walks on the field and thinks it's so good that, can, that it can score when the other team has the ball. This Browns defense thinks that when they have people backed up. So you've got to do it. You've got to do, as the GM, everything you can to support them and stabilize the offense because they're not a contender right now because they have no offense. They're a super defense. They're a resilient team. They're a, they play interesting as hell, weird as hell, four-hour-long games. right? And the standings say they're in a good spot, and they are. But until this offense gets better, and when you look at the nightmare of an ongoing Deshaun Watson, is he, isn't he? Has he practiced? Can he drive the ball? Can he play? Can he not throw the ball right to the other team? He sucked today, guys. He started 10 games for the Browns, and he sucked in seven of them. So I don't have the, I don't have the MRI. I know that we heard different stories from him, whatever. But they have to look at trying to win games without Deshaun Watson. And if that's for one week, two weeks, or six weeks, they have to do it because it's the reality. The Deshaun Watson trade is a disaster. The Browns somehow, right now in the moment, are in a good spot. They have to try to maximize it. Well said. I don't you know, I don't even know where to go after that other than I don't know. You and I both think Elijah Moore is just a guy. There's not, you know, there, there's nothing really great there. But when I look at the receiving core, it's hard for me to say how do they make how do they need to make an upgrade because they've gotten such horrendous quarterback play to this point. How do you really evaluate it? Right. Like running back, they need another running back. They're, they've now lost their top two running backs to injury. They need to scour the trade market for a running back. Quarterback we've already covered. Receiver, it's hard for me to stand here and pound the table because, number one, resources are limited, and I don't think they can fill all three. And, number two, it's hard to say what they do or what they don't have because the quarterback play has been atrocious all but one game this season. Right, right. And so you look and you say the reality is the defense can drag us there, but but how do we help out that defense? And I also think we saw some reality today of the more film there is on this defense and the way they play, which is beautiful to watch, is you misdirection them. Right, you attack certain things. They bite on pump fakes. They they go to the first guy. You're going to get some looks. And are they willing to give up 75 yard touchdowns, even though Schwartz is pulling his hair out? And you know when it happens, sure, that's like that's how they play because they think it'll even out in their favor. And they mm-hmm. think if you get to the situation. So look, before the final drive, they got gashed for seven yards a play today. But at the end of the first half, they were heroes and they needed one stop to give PJ Walker the ball back, and it resulted in 12 plays, 80 yards, and the Browns won the game. Four turnovers. The first time in six games that a four and two team won the turnover battle. (laughs) 
right? It's so so these are bizarre games. And and, and a couple things here. One, we ha- we have to shout out the kicker. He's been incredible, unbelievable. Um, Fifty. You know, the knock on Dustin Hopkins honestly was always that he he was a good kicker. He couldn't make the big ones. Well, now in five straight games, he's made a fifty yarder. His career long was fifty six. He made a fifty eight today, and three of them from fifty plus today, and two of them were absolute no doubters. Just smooth as can be. So it's inside. I, I know he did it. Um, and then just scrolling the chat here, Craig, like who, who is available at wide receiver? You know, we're, we're doing a post game podcast. I promise I will lay that out for you this week. Like I know Jerry Judy might get traded. The reality is the trade deadline is in nine days and there's a lot of teams going nowhere. And for multiple reasons, they're more apt to take a look. And so Washington's on to next year and Denver in many ways is on to next year. And stuff can change, but if you're not going to sign a guy, you know, the NBA major league baseball mentality has come to the NFL, not, not full on, right. We're not going to see 86 trades like you see in the baseball trade deadline, right. Or, or three blockbusters that happened in the last hour of the, before the NBA trade deadline, but you're going to see guys move and, and the Browns need to add to their group. But again, like you said, Jason, it's so hard to evaluate where this offense is. You just have to start at, okay, this offense is in, Real danger zone, real danger zone. And, you know, for us to get there, let alone have a chance there, it has to be a ton better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's, that's all I got, unless you've got something else. Um, someone wants to come in and talk here. Look, Joey, you've yeah, waited. Joey, you're on the stage if you're still there. Okay. I don't think he is. He waited a long time. Thank you to all you guys. So, look. Um, just flat out incredible performances by Miles Garrett, by Denzel Ward, by Dustin Hopkins. Uh, the O line getting the yard and Kareem Hunt getting the yard I needed most. PJ Walker, man, every throw is an adventure, but he did it. So lots of game balls, lots of kudos. It took everybody. It took resilience. It took chemistry. You know all these things that we've seen, all these moments, and not just the calls where the Browns have failed for many reasons, and it's hard. You know, it's hard, but. Big picture, they're in a real, real, real bad and real complicated spot. But in the moment, they got a chance to ride this defense. In the moment, they got guys believing that they can come in and make plays. Because I don't know that if I went to Applebee's and Strong's Old tonight that I that I would know Pierre Strong. That means none of you guys would either. But he helped the Cleveland Browns win football. Right? Same for P.J. Walker. I had no idea what P.J. Walker looked like until he walked to the podium in the locker room 10 days ago. Right. Like the guys weren't here, but they're stepping up. They're they're making plays. Harrison Bryant was a high school offensive tackle. Now he's a short yardage quarterback. (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) Rodney Rodney McLeod, 32. Shelby Harris, 32. Like guys that were free agents for a long time. Guys that have not been full time starters or were dismissed by their other teams have come in and played their roles here. And Miles can take you to a certain point. It's fun as hell. It's fun as hell. But organizationally, I don't know. Let's just close with this. Is crossroads a fair word? It's bizarre because I know what the standings say. Yeah. I know what the momentum is. But it, aren't they in a super awkward crossroads with, with this they've, quarterback, or is that too strong? No, it, they've got a lot of questions to answer. Then I don't know that they have the answers to it right now. They're taking a test, a closed book test right now with not a lot of answers. Yeah. No, I, that, that's a fair way to say it. So, um, yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, all, all of the um, problems can't be fixed with the trade deadline or with one guy coming back. 
but you, you've built something with this defensive coordinator and these guys playing, you know, Miles and Denzel taking high levels to extremely high and, and guys buying in and fitting the roles. And again, credit goes to the whole personnel staff for that, you know, to the guys for making the plays and responding after giving up 75 yard touchdowns and getting caught out of position and, and for PJ Walker doing it. I mean, it would be real easy for Donovan Peoples-Jones to run that route and not think the ball's coming his way because it's come his way about four times all year, right? Instead, it's first and 10 inside the 20. It sets up the penalties don't happen without that play. Elijah Moore running up the sideline the first daylight he's seen all year. The penalties don't happen without that play because that play sets up the Pierre Strong run, which sets up the two-minute warning, which gives everybody a chance to breathe and say, how do we want to go from here? So I can't believe they called that illegal contact on Amari Cooper, but they did. So... Like, they'll take it. And I can't believe it took them till fourth down, but they did. And there was no doubt in my mind that Kareem Hunt was getting over that line. He did. They advanced to four and two. Thank you guys for listening, reading all that stuff. Um, you know, stay tuned. We got work to do. And the Browns do too. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks.